0: Hello and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiancé to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now and then we talk about them.
1: I am the fiancé. And I'm Drew. And we really actually should have seen this one by now. We were due to see it in December, we couldn't due to illness and strikes and everything. Yep. Which is appropriate considering the topic of this show. Mm -hmm. But we finally got to see the immersive production Of Newsies. Yeah. And I realised, and this has happened completely by accident, it's three years after we first covered Newsies. Yeah, it is. Which is very cool timing. We've now got Newsies Week and then next week will be Phantom Week. So I guess next year we have to watch the Newsies that started it all, the uh, 1992 film. Yeah. Because that's a musical, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: (laughs) <laughs> it's not good, but, you know.
1: It's got Christian Bale in, hasn't it, as Jack Kelly? Y- yes. So Batman <laughs> goes on to become, or starts as yeah, yeah, Christian
0: Bale. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm very excited for this one. I have heard nothing but positivity about this.
0: Yeah,
1: I feel like everyone I've seen on Twitter or Instagram who has seen this has had an absolute blast with it. So I'm sure that we're going to absolutely love it as well. And we're going to forego the traditional background of Newsies and all that general information, get straight into our review, simply because Mm -hmm. we've covered Newsies. You can go back and a lot of you have been. I found this really interesting is looking back at some of the old statistics there's definitely some of you that have just found us for the first time and are going back through the back catalogue you know there's been a real increase in people listening to our original joseph and our oh, original Woods and our original uh, newsies i actually all of
0: those are fine but don't listen to joseph i did the editing on that and it's you terrible. did the editing
1: for the first three it was phantom where They're i took really over bad or no i think i maybe took over on my fair lady But I think it's really interesting because now the original five musicals we've covered back at the start of lockdown, when theatres had all shut, we have now, with the exception (laughs) of Phantom, seen live. But with Phantom, we've obviously covered different iterations of it. Mm -hmm. Phantom.
0: Speaking of, Phantom Week's coming up.
1: Yeah, next week. I think next year's Phantom Week, we will have to go actually see Phantom Live. Hmm. considering it just closed in broadway it would be such a shame if it closes on the west end without me ever getting to experience phantom live yeah if it closes on broadway no one's safe
0: this is true because it doesn't really make any sense why it's closing
1: well closed now
0: yeah it's dumb
1: (laughs) it was a huge event though i mean Um, You obviously had Andrew Lloyd Webber coming out and dedicating the evening to his son who passed away recently, which is incredibly sad. Sarah Brightman
0: was there because they always tout her out whenever. But they had
1: like the original original Phantoms on Broadway, but also the longest serving Broadway Phantom. Yep. You know, it was a huge affair. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber said something around the lines of like, oh, the Phantom's already been in correspondence. He likes New York too much to ever be gone for too long.
0: Yeah, but he got really emotional about it. Closing and I was mm. like, You're closing it. Like, what you can't get upset when it's a choice that you've made, yeah. You know, especially because obviously you've got an audience full of people who have paid specifically to see the last show because they love it so much, and because <laughs> and
1: then you extend the run, and then those same people are like, What? and now have mm. to buy another ticket to Phantom.
0: That but happened yeah. with um Beetlejuice,
1: really. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what they... I think Chicago is now the longest-running show on Broadway consecutively, like, at this point in time, now that Phantom's closed. Yeah. Chicago is the one that's been on longest. But we're here to talk about Newsies, you know. Takes place in New York. uh, And I I remember really liking the film. I I remember being like... or the filmed pro shot on on, on Disney+. Mm Plus. I remember thinking when we went into it that, we, you know, was this the one that Daniel Radcliffe had done, which was how to succeed in business without even trying. Yeah. You know, and I, I went into this really with no expectations, had no idea, but it was the first musical that I, re- that we covered that I really loved. Yeah. So really exciting. Cause this is its London debut. It hasn't been in London before. So the second they announced this, I was like, we, we need to find a way to make sure we see this. Same as My Fair Lady was like, oh wow, yeah, this is this is brilliant. Like need to see this. So what did you think of the immersive? Well start I guess let's talk about the immersive experience because that's quite new for both of us. Before we talk much about the performances and the songs. What did you make of the immersion because we were sat in manhattan
0: yeah so there's two different sides to the immersion in this there's the actual theater itself side and then there's the performance side yeah the actual theater itself entering through the different boroughs and obviously we were sat in manhattan you had brooklyn and queen's Or Richmond. I don't know. They had uh, signs up for the different ones. We We were in Manhattan. Yeah. So that was cool. I like the idea of what they've done with the entrances. Because as you go in, you're underneath a lot of the seats. And the way that they've built it up is as if you are walking through where the Newsies live right at the beginning of the show. It's like the big
1: scaffolding that we'll see. So I thought that was quite interesting because it kind of shows the squalor that they live in.
0: Yeah, and it's got, you know, their hammocks, those of them that have them. Some of them have bunks, like, their stuff, their cups with toothbrushes in. And all, all of these things to show that, obviously, this is a very poverty-stricken group of people. I don't think enough was done with it, though.
1: I Mostly because, when you're going through... You're kind of rushed through it. There's no time to really take the time with it. Mm-hmm. I think the doors opened at about 7.10 for the 7.30 start. Yeah. So you could take 20 minutes to stop and look at the details as you go through.
0: Yeah, I don't know whether that was a late opening for us yeah. as well. That could have been that Well, they had a put-in that they needed to run and it ran over a bit and that's fine. We
1: also need to remember that we actually have the understudy Jack Kelly... Mm -hmm. performing this one. Yeah,
0: yeah. So we could have been, they could have been running a put-in, doing some lifts and and like making sure that they knew what they were doing with everything. But I really think the only thing you would need to add to it is some kind of audio track. Which they did have,
1: but like the sounds of New York.
0: But it sounded very modern day New York. And obviously it's, it's a very different sound. You know, it's very commercial and very hustle and bustle, cars honking, uh, people shouting at each other. It's all very stereotypical, what you would expect, but from a movie. And I think what they should have had instead is the quiet noise of, because it's supposed to, you know, we start the show first thing in the morning before anybody else is up, before the day's really started. Because obviously we have Crutchy trying to get down before anybody else has started their day. Yeah. So I think having the quiet noise, having, and then maybe having it run into the sounds of the Newsies waking up. Mm-hmm. wouldn't take much, to re- you do you even have to record that once, you know.
1: No, one of the things, so a lot of the Newsies make their entrance from the stairs at the top of this Manhattan area. Could you potentially have them in there ready, just chilling, getting ready for the days, like in their hammocks? Or does that become too much animals in the zoo type of thing? Do you know what I mean? Like just watching them. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like because they make their entrance from there anyway. I feel like that would cause
0: issues.
1: Yeah, possibly. People
0: Abs- generally suck when it comes to having in-character performers around.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So...
0: Funnily enough, I've just had a text that's yeah. come to my watch from my friend from work, telling me that she's just booked to go and see Newsies. That's
1: so funny. Is that because you told her how? Because much fun I told it was?
0: her how much, how good it was. She is sat in Woodside.
1: Nice. That's where
0: she's booked her seats, which so, is uh, from where we were down to the left. Yeah,
1: I think I do think looking at it, and obviously we can't vouch for the experience of all the other immersion stuff. We're talking very much about Manhattan, but I do think Manhattan is possibly the best. Like, where we were sat, I feel like Manhattan is the best place to sit in terms of sight lines.
0: Yeah, a lot of stuff, I think if you're sat right down the front, a lot of stuff is happening behind you. Yeah, because so, we were right
1: in the middle. We were two rows in the second seats back. So we Right got... in the
0: centre. And there's a huge catwalk, basically, in front of you that then connects to additional stage pieces yes. on the side. And this is more performance stuff now. Obviously, none of this happens during the outside the show portion of things, we did get warned that if we needed to use the bathroom or leave at any point during the show, we needed to summon someone to escort us out. Proper
1: like teachers, you know, like, can I use the toilet, please, sir?
0: Yeah, because... in a good way. All of the performers at some point absolutely race down that catwalk and you will get taken out because they go fast. But
1: there's also an element of... They said that you cannot come back in once that's done. And I do understand why it's...
0: Uh, Finding a time in the show where there isn't somebody running up and down the stairs would be difficult.
1: Especially because they're probably also running down the immersive bit we've already seen. Mm -hmm. Which is really good that that warning's been given. And I don't think I... Certainly from where we were, nobody beckoned the person Maybe they could do that a little bit earlier. Maybe they could do that as they're checking your tickets. Just because if you've left it till that point where it's like two minutes before the show starts, you're suddenly like, oh no, I'm trapped. And me suffering with anxiety, especially, it's not claustrophobia, but for me it's very much on a bad day, I really worry about being in like a trapped space that I can't get out of. Hmm. So things like buses, trains, cinemas, theaters. If I'm having a really bad day, and that anxiety is really fled, I very much worry about already leaving if I get overwhelmed. So could there be an announcement? I get that they go to it right before the show, and it's I'm not I'm not criticising the announcement. I feel like it it's needs important. a couple
0: of times. It, it
1: does need a couple of times because especially if you're there with little kids. And you go in, maybe the expectation, but it's fine. If you need the toilet, we can get up and go. You actually can't with this show. And I'm not complaining because the logic it absolutely makes sense. And I'm really glad they do it. But could it be done just a little bit earlier? Hmm. You know, like could the tannoy, as they say, the doors are open, announce it? You know, like... Before you go in, we have to make you aware that there'll be no readmissions once the show starts. So please, you know, if you want to drink, if you want to use the toilet, use those facilities before you enter now.
0: I would like to think that that's common sense, but I know what people are like in the theatre. So, you
1: know. But the immersion when you're on that level. So I think from our perspective, we obviously have the walkway in front of us. They come on, they're singing towards us or, you know, throwing papers out. Mm-hmm. But they're also climbing levels behind us. And I think from where you are in the other boroughs, there's action that takes place behind you. And if you're in the front bit of Manhattan, again, action takes place behind you. So you don't always get to see that. So from where we're at, the second tier back of Manhattan, I think is absolutely the best place to see it for some very specific
0: from this point on if you don't want to be spoiled for some very specific choices, additions and changes in this iteration of Newsies now's the time to go listen to our old episode of Newsies because there are some things that have been added, been changed some things that are specifically to do with the way that the stage works but in also this.
1: some incredible like wow factor things of like admittedly wish hadn't been spoiled by the announcement but still are very very cool nonetheless
0: yes Um, so now is your chance before we talk about that exact thing yeah bye (laughs) Uh, and for those of you
1: sticking with us this isn't going to be a blow by blow Mm. and this is going to be a very generalized one because there's so much going on and again because of the immersive nature of it It's so, so, like, overwhelmingly positive. You don't want to take your eyes off it for a second. Yeah. We're going to talk very broadly, I think, about the acting, the performances, and the set pieces. But the opening, as a set piece with that overture, I think really gets the energy going straight away.
0: Yes. So, normally, the way that Newsy starts is that we open while everyone's asleep. Yeah. And... We have Crutchy getting up and trying to get down the stairs and Jack talking to him. And that is the way it starts. Obviously, you have an overture first. In this version with the overture, we see the end of the previous day. So all the Newsies ending their day, selling their lost papers and getting off to bed, which includes one of the Newsies coming down on a zip wire. Which is so cool. Very, very cool. Scared me a little bit because I saw it before the guy announced yes. it.
1: Yes. Yeah, they announced it as part of the... You, you must be aware that there is going to be a zip wire as well. The guy's coming down this way, which, again... You would fully and get safety. kicked you, down the stairs. Yeah, you need to understand the health and safety implications. But it's a it's shame that you, you're kind of forewarned about this great set piece that's just about to happen instead of just, like, really experiencing it. But I get it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So... He, the the person who's on the zip wire gets very, very close to the floor before the next set of stairs mm-hmm. starts and, and you fly out over the audience. Stressful to watch.
1: But again, for that audience, they don't necessarily see it coming. They're just watching the stage in front and then suddenly a guy's in front of you. Yeah. It's great. It's very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it's a cool use of a thing. It's only used, I think, three times. I saw
1: it twice. I must have missed a third time.
0: There's one at the end, I believe. Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a cool idea. I like it as a thing. I think... It's one of those things, like, it's awesome. It doesn't need to happen. No. But it's cool. (laughs) I
1: think this is very much a showcase of what they're going for. It kind of establishes the rules of what they believe this immersive experience to be. Mm -hmm. It's establishing the kind of things we're going to expect. So to keep an eye out. Yeah. But also... Very much establishes, yeah, listen to what these guys have just told you because, you know, we are going to do this sort of thing. We don't want to kick you in the head.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they're running around all over the place before the show basically narratively begins.
1: Yeah, on the stage you do have the fantastic scaffolding structure that obviously isn't the same as the one that was used on the pro shop, is very similar in
0: essence to the idea. Yeah, this one looks a lot more like a set of fire escapes yes. than the one in the pro Shot, which just looks like stacked blocks, yeah. essentially. It's very, very cool. A lot of this set does a really, really good job of looking aged and looking mm-hmm. like it's from the timepiece that it's actually from. Whereas I think with the pro Shot newsies that's on Disney+, Plus it's all quite clean. Yeah. And it doesn't give you that same sense of, oh, okay, this is how they actually are living because that's the point that's trying to be made by this show is like, these kids are impoverished and it's the fault of the people they work for. Whereas, they're all very clean in the modern one, whereas nobody here is clean.
1: No, and I think also keeping the scaffolding anyway is absolutely the right thing to do. You're not rewriting... It's iconic, yeah. yeah you're not rewriting the Newsy's rule book. You're honouring it, but you're doing your own thing with it. Mm-hmm. And we obviously get Santa Fe with Jack and Crutchy at the top.
0: Yeah, so with this performance, we had the understudy Jack. We did not, sadly, get to see Michael O'Homko Lindsay playing Jack Kelly, even though, from what I've seen on TikTok... He is epic. Yes. We had George Crawford.
1: We did. And that was fantastic when we realised because we saw him. We were like, him, it's
0: Ogie. <laughs> yeah,
1: we saw him in Newsies as Ogie. And in Newsies. We saw him in Waitress as Ogie. Um, of course. Cool, and, and loved him as that role. Mm-hmm. You know, him and Evie Hoskins were a fantastic pair. So seeing him again in this, which is like kind of a dream role for him, it says in the programme. Yeah. Very, very cool. And I...
0: He was nice. We met him afterwards. He was a nice guy.
1: Fantastic. And actually, an amazing Jack.
0: Yeah. Like, I'm very glad we got to
1: see him. He was utterly brilliant. And I think that he's announced that he's doing regular shows Thursday matinees. I think will be him as Jack. Yeah. So obviously, you know, get a chance to see both of them you know, doing Jack Kelly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, if you you can, get a chance to see both of them. You know, this is a show that does kind of encourage you to see it multiple times because you kind of want to see it from each perspective. So, you know, if you do want to see it from each perspective, make sure you book one of them on a day where you know that George Crawford is covering Jack Kelly.
0: Yeah, because he was just fantastic. It was, it was really cool to see him. Obviously, previously, I've only seen him in Waitress. So it was cool to see him not playing that type of character you know jack kelly has a lot of heart to him so does ogie but in a very different way
1: ogie's a very comedic character that's the thing is he is (sighs) him and dawn serve a purpose of funny comedic moments to break a lot of the tension that's going on
0: but he was my favorite ogie that we've seen
1: oh yeah absolutely i mean i've only seen i've seen three ogie's I've seen... I've seen
0: four, but I can't remember who the original one was. We've seen the guy from The Inbetweeners.
1: Yeah, we saw Blake Harrison. He was fantastic. I really liked him. I, I know you were cautious going into it.
0: Because I hate it when they...
1: Stunt cast in that way. When I,
0: It's not that. It's more that when I already know somebody from something else... Yeah. That character, I feel like, is too attached to them. Yeah. And they always throw in calls to that and I don't like it.
1: Yeah. uh, George Crawford's my favourite Ogie, followed by Blake Harrison. And then we saw Mr. Hope Fletcher.
0: Joel Montague. Yeah.
1: So I couldn't remember his name. Yeah. Then we saw Joel Montague and he was okay in the role.
0: He's a good singer. I just didn't like him as the character. I didn't think he... I actually thought he would have been better cast as Earl.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He didn't... He didn't do enough for me Mm. as Ogie. Mm. Um, And I think in comparison, like his Ogie, not his intentions at all, but just came across a little bit creepier than the others, which were very like honest, sweet characters, just maybe a little like overwhelming. So seeing George Crawford leading newsies Mm, in a very different tone shows his range, you know, George Crawford has such a bright future you know, on the West End stage. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. I think you can build a production around him. Yeah. He, he's utterly brilliant.
0: Oh, 100%. So Carrying the Banner, obviously, is our breakout number in this show. Yeah, It is the one that they do at every single performance, like television, the... What's the parade called? Macy's Parade. Yep. Like, all of that. It's the one that people... Really know this
1: will be the one that they do at West End Live if like they're there for West End Live.
0: You know, you chuck a hundred of these kids on the stage and and they all just go for it.
1: And it's amazing. So many of them. They are well. (laughs) well, And this is this is something I thought was very cool. Matt Cole, who is the director, is also the choreographer.
0: That is cool. And
1: I think that's very a a very smart choice for a show like Newsies because there's such a huge emphasis Mm -hmm. on the dance in this show.
0: That's really funny because Mm -hmm. the film is directed and choreographed by Kenny Ortega. So legacy. Following that is very on very cool. That.
1: I didn't know that Kenny Ortega.
0: Oh yeah. It's I... Disney.
1: No, I know he's Disney. I know he's Mr. Disney.
0: I know he's Mr. Bad Disney film. Like in the best possible way. Obviously I'm obsessed with all the DCOMs because they're just the most yeah. interesting set of movies ever. But I feel like Newsies does fall into that category.
1: It's like very early decom territory, like maybe where they realize, like, oh, maybe not everything needs to be a theatrical release. If only we had, like, say, a Disney Channel. Yeah. By George, I've got it. <laughs> uh, carrying the banner is great, and this really does showcase
0: the use of the space
1: the use of the space where every single immersive quality is used you've got like the uh scaffolding on stage you've obviously got the thrust stage itself you've got the walkways in front of manhattan mm-hmm. you've also got like the the layers behind uh brooklyn and whatever the other one is called <laughs> And it's very, very cool. It really establishes you've got amazing choreography here between the boys. And it's one of those difficult ones that you're like, have they peaked this early with the choreography?
0: And the answer is no.
1: The answer is no, but you're genuinely like so in awe of this. Mm. How are they going to top it? It it It's absolutely brilliant. Uh, We go from carrying the banner into the bottom line.
0: I like this song. The
1: bottom line is a good song. And it definitely, I I think, really works with the juxtaposition between like... And I really like this because you've got the really hardworking, energetic boys who do all of it. And then you have Pulitzer, who is the one basically profiting off all of them. And Mm -hmm. it's so slow and stationary in comparison that it serves a really good like juxtaposition between... Like, who's really doing the work? Who really deserves the money here? Mm. And obviously this is where we get the whole profits are down. Is he getting his hair cut? Is this the, is this the point where he's got Nunzio cutting? He's getting his shaved. Yeah, so he's getting his shave at the same time and he's getting frustrated. And we obviously have his two assistants with the nice comedy there.
0: You know, like, I love, I think it's Bobby Chambers who yeah. plays his female assistant. She's hilarious. <laughs> she's one of my favourite characters in this whole show. But she was
1: one of my favourite characters, I remember, in the filmed pro shot as well. Just, I really like the comedy that she brings.
0: But especially here, I liked the way that she's played, the way that she will just say what she's thinking and then regret it immediately. Yeah, there's like that
1: moment. I like the way he gets wheeled out on stage. So kind of upstage. Yes,
0: because every time he comes out, it's the newsies pushing his table out.
1: And it's like upstage left, there's a little like garage door, like big doors, and he gets wheeled out that way. Mm -hmm. And that's the entrance that they go to talk to him anyway, is when they go in. And I like that he comes out of that into the space. And it... You know, I I think his performance is incredibly good as well. We've got uh, Cameron Blakely as Pulitzer and there is like a gravitas towards him. He does come across quite menacing and intimidating. Yeah. He's not a calm person. And I think he does a really good job straight away at establishing this like no nonsense mentality.
0: Mm -hmm. Cameron Blakely, who plays Pulitzer, is so great. I saw him in the Adams Family musical, where he was just incredible as Gomez. Yeah, <laughs> like what a choice
1: is Gomez the, the... dad? Okay,
0: yeah. Uh, he's been in just everything.
1: I mean, he's late. He was Tenardier in Les Mis as well, wasn't he?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been in Rock of Ages. He's been in Oliver. He was Fagin.
1: I can see that.
0: Yep, he has been in How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Funny link. Yep. Uh what else? Mummia. His Brosson's character. Do you yes, think? he was, yeah. I love that.
1: He's very, very good. And,
0: and... Badger in the Wind of the Willows. Nice.
1: I think it's one of the things Pulitzer doesn't get much in this because it's not really his story. He is the foil. Mm-hmm. When he is on stage, you are drawn to him.
0: He gets scary quick.
1: He does get scary quick. And I'm very glad that we don't overuse him. Because I think he maintains that every time he's on stage,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he has that power and authority that we'd possibly lose out on, so it's very like very well designed this script to make sure that he's not overused, yeah, that's rich.
0: I love this song
1: it's the song one of the songs that stumped me when we first did our like first anniversary quiz.
0: Mm-hmm. I was like, well,
1: what is this?" And I've kind of resented the song ever since,
0: <laughs> right.
1: Because I'm less like oh, I'll come on the playlist. I'm like, yeah, well, you you stumped me. So I it's kind of, but this this is such a good version. Like obviously we go into the theater and we meet our. Um... Do
0: you know what I think the difference is between this version and yeah. the pro shot? Yeah. Obviously we have Moya Angela who is yes. just incredible. Yeah. She has such an interesting voice. Mm-hmm. It's just so. Nice to listen to. She's been she's done loads of stuff, but most notably The Lion King. She's great. Her version of meta basically has a showgirl outfit on in this yes. version. In the pro shot, she wears a full-length gown mm. the entire time. I think the fact that she, I mean, she has a gown on when we meet her. I think it's a dressing.
1: Yeah, it's like a dressing. It's like a
0: robe, dressing robe. You know. And we get the whole joke about Les, the little boy, just
1: looking at the girls, be like, "They're not wearing they any. They ain't
0: got any clothes on." We which I had love.
1: Ethan Secontway as Les, and he was the cutest. He was so good, and really should be my MVP for this show. He's not going to be, but he's up there because he was just brilliant.
0: When he does his tap dance in mm-hmm. King in New York, that was great.
1: And we, I mean, any song we listen to will either end with like, um,
0: and "I've got a date." Yeah, well,
1: that's one of them. We'll have Book of Mormon, or we'll have um, we do the
0: Wicked riff. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, oh, which is partly Shrek's fault, you know. Yeah, it's Shrek's fault. Um, but this is one of them, and that was a moment I was really excited to see. And jumping ahead, I think Les was really good. They, they, again. We can only comment on the layers we've seen, but Mm. if the other three are as good as Ethan is, they've cast this character perfectly.
0: Yeah. But so obviously he sees the, the showgirl's legs. Yeah. They've made this version more of a performance. Yeah. Obviously, I love the version that's in the original... In the original... In the... Pro shot. Pro shot. But I think... This is a response to the same thing that you said when we saw the original one, which is like, why is this song here? Yeah. Because yes. you could cut it and there would be no difference. And
1: that's very much what I felt is her as a character. She doesn't get more after this moment, really. She's not important.
0: Other than that, she's hooking up with Roosevelt. Well,
1: yeah, but that, that's the thing is she doesn't do much otherwise. So justifying this song in the first one is very difficult, whereas here it's just fun to watch.
0: Yes. So she takes off her sort of backstage dressing robe and she's in the same showgirl outfit as the girls that Les was ogling. Yeah. So you get that, first of all, that even though she's the proprietor of this place and she is a well-to-do lady and Mm -hmm. obviously knows a lot of people in high places, as we discover later on. Yeah. She's also a showgirl. Yeah. And so she does this performance. It's very high energy. You still have layers at the back. Yeah, going absolutely bonkers. But it also does one of the things I
1: love: that when they kind of change the perspective around, so like the front of the stage becomes that's back. not this bit. Is it not this bit? Oh. <sighs> okay. Well, still the, the stage setup for the theatre here allows for it, and I love it when that
0: happens. Mm. I like this song. I think it's really funny. What I really like in this version as well is that all of the newsies ensemble are around the front of the stage watching this performance. Mm -hmm. So it becomes like a, they're at, you're at the performance with all these kids. Yeah. We then get the next song, which is.
1: I never planned on you.
0: Slash don't come a knocking on my door. I know it doesn't say that in the program. No, but that is is what the song's called. So we start with the rest of the show girls performing. And in the background, you can see Jack being like, Hey, Meta. Who's that girl up there?
1: And it's like, she's a reviewer.
0: She's a reporter. Yeah. So like you say, the girls that are performing, they're singing a song called Don't Come and Knocking On My Door. Yeah. It's about how, it's one of them showgirl songs where it's like, I'm so hard to, done by by men and upbeat and all of that. And then the stage spins like you say, mm-hmm. it doesn't physically move, but it is they, moved well, by like, the newsies. Yeah, the
1: newsies move the staging around and as the, the girls spin, turn, which I thought was nice. So we
0: end up like we're behind the stage where yeah, Catherine is sat.
1: Yes. And I do really like this little sequence, you know, between Jack and Catherine as they're flirting. You know, there's that, there is that instant like attraction factor, mm-hmm. which works. We have Bronte... Abe playing the role.
0: Yes. Who was Megan in Butter a Leader, the original sort of workshops. Workshops, yeah.
1: I really like her as Catherine.
0: Yeah, me too. I think she brought a lot of. This is going to sound like a negative thing, but it's that like Sutton Foster quirky girl mm-hmm. energy. <laughs>
1: But that's a good thing. It's a good thing for this character. But in the same way, there is also still that element of doubt Mm -hmm. to her throughout. You know, she talks a big game.
0: Yeah.
1: But she's still a ball of nerves Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. And I, I do really like, I like seeing the build in their relationship. You know, it's, it's not like anything new. It's obviously that kind of girl and boy meet and... You know, boy likes girl, but girl thinks boy is a street an idiot. rat, you know, but gradually they'll she'll see there's more to the boy, you know. It's also, very... he
0: is a bit younger than her.
1: Yeah, he is, isn't he?
0: Because she's like 19.
1: And also she is probably more educated as well. So this is an element of below her class. Mm-hmm. Not that she's like a classist, but there's also an element of like... Get away from me. Yeah, get away from me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really interesting. But there's enough in this moment for her to see the glimmer of potential in Jack.
0: Yes, especially because we know that he does the drawing for her and she's charmed by it.
1: Yes, she realises there's actually, you know, much more underneath him. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, he's not just this street rat. He's got a skill that he otherwise wouldn't have. Hmm. I really like the bit, so they come on the stage, I like the way the gates descend for the you know as they go into the factory, and they see, oh, what's the news today? Oh, it's a strike. Oh, how are we going to do this? But this time they come in, it's like, the papes are more expensive.
0: Yes, so and this is like, what we got in Carrying the Banner, not Carrying the Banner, in the bottom line, they've put the papers up. Ten cents. Yeah.
1: Which... So it's surface. sixty cents
0: for a hundred papers. Yeah.
1: On the surface doesn't seem like much. Mm-hmm. However, it is a lot because this is these boys' lives. So they come in and they're like, oh, it's probably just a joke. It's someone's idea of a joke. And it's not. And they're like, Well, we're not doing this then. Yeah. And I do really like the whole world will know sequence. Mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I love the bit where Jack like runs up and gets up to the where the the what the big blackboard is and he just writes strike.
0: That was fun to watch. I <laughs> I spent quite a lot of time looking at that blackboard yeah. in this performance because if you're not somebody who has used a blackboard before, you won't know. You have to wet it to wipe it. So they had like a little bucket with Mm -hmm. a cloth in it to the side. But what happens when you wipe uh, chalkboards is that it just smudges the chalk everywhere, and then it dries white. Yeah. So that whole thing of like clapping erasers from what I see now are historical (laughs) uh, films. I my art teacher when I was at school had a blackboard, uh, a chalkboard. Yeah. So this was a real thing. But you have... The reason why you have to clap the erasers is because you have to get all the chalk off before you can then Mm -hmm. clean it. So I just was sat there quite merrily watching this chalkboard dry from green to white. Yeah. It was good fun. (laughs) I entertained myself.
1: It's, again, a really great sequence. The World Will Know is one of those that I think is one of my favourite songs from this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll listen to it time and time again. I love the whole, put may own the world, but he won't own us. Mm-hmm. Especially, and, and they do the, you know, and the journal too. Because, like, it's the double, like, yes. meaning the world will know, meaning we're going to make our names heard across the world, but also the name of the paper. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a great lyric. Yeah. It's, and, and this song is one I was really looking forward to. And the performances are utterly brilliant in it. The choreography is great you just feel really like optimistic, mm-hmm. which is the point of this song is they don't really understand the gravity of the situation they found themselves in. You know, they don't really understand what it means to strike. They've seen it. They've covered the news. They've shouted the news, but they don't actually understand it. And here it's like that, that optimism of like, yeah, we can do this easy before we then move on to like seize the day and everything
0: mm-hmm.
1: where we're like, Oh, it's not as easy as we thought. Yeah. Is it in between World Will Know and Watch What Happens where we have the bit where they're like, uh, Jack allocates, right, you're going to go to this district, you're going to go to this district, and they're all scared of Brooklyn.
0: They're all scared of Brooklyn because nobody wants to go and talk to Spot Conlon, who is the leader of the Brooklyn Newsies. However, if you've got Brooklyn, everybody else will come along.
1: Yes. do you want to give the spoiler for Brooklyn now? Or do you want to wait until Brooklyn's here?
0: i wait until Brooklyn's here. But do you know what the the joke is originally? What? So in the film, Spock Conlon is really short. Okay. Like he's a lot, he's also younger than everyone else. He's a kid, kid. Yeah. And he's little. And so the joke when, when he finally shows up and everyone was like, it's Spock Conlon, run for your lives. It's this little guy. That's quite funny. So when we get the reveal in this one, it's nice that they've made the change. There, I think in the in the pro shot, it's just a guy. Yeah, it is just Which a is guy. much less interesting. Yeah.
1: This, the, the way what they do here is far more interesting and actually really is a really positive shift for Newsies. Mm-hmm. Watch What Happens is a really good song. Write what you know. All I know is I don't know what to write or the right way to write it. This yes. is big. Lady, you love big. this song. This is not some little vaudeville I'm reviewing. You showed me the video um, from the Broadway cast where she's like, I've got the hardest song to sing. And then all the boys are like, sorry, what? <laughs>
0: Excuse you.
1: You know, because this <laughs> oh, is... Oh yeah,
0: you get to stand there and sing. <laughs> what don't, get me,
1: don't get me wrong, this is a tough song to sing because you've got like the breaths and got to be fast. But
0: well, the... and also the vocal jumps. Yes. But she's not having to do kick splits at the same time. Or so.
1: spinning, you know. I really like this as a sequence. I, I think it's a very good one in the terms of like, we start to actually see more of this character. And in a lot of other shows, you might have her character not be explored in the same way, Mm -hmm. you know, that she's just there and she keeps showing up when Jack seems to need her, you know, but we don't get depth to her. She comes across to Jack really confident. And this is where we see like, oh, she is not.
0: She's a normal person. And
1: obviously we know why she's not as confident because she's got a lot of pressure to live up to. Mm hmm. But here is a really good, like, dive into this character's mindset. Mm -hmm. And I really like it. it. It's a great sequence. But now is the time to seize the day. Now is the time to seize the day. Yep.
0: I do like this song.
1: Yeah. Again, absolutely spectacular set piece. the most amazing choreography through this sequence. It's one of my favourite things I remember from the pro shot is thinking that this is the end of Act One and then after the song ends they get the standing ovation and you see a guy walking up the aisles thinking it's done and then we obviously get, you know, what happens next. But I love Seize the Day as a sequence where they're like, we're going to strike and obviously they've got all the scabs going in and um, trying to collect their papers, and they're trying to talk them out of it. Like, come on. You've got to do this all together, or not at all.
0: Mm-hmm. And they do interestingly. I don't really remember this happening in the pro shot, mm-hmm. but there is three guys who go up who are have come in from somewhere else to get the newspapers. Two of them join the strike, and one of them doesn't. Yes, which I think is really cool to show. Like, obviously, we're on the newsy side; we want them to all join the strike so that we can all make a difference but the fact that this guy doesn't is just an interesting background thing because obviously that would have been happening yeah
1: and i think it's also important to kind of show their naivety is that they genuinely believe they're called a strike and everything will be fixed Mm -hmm. and there's a lot that they don't know about that they've got to overcome yeah Once the song ends, obviously, again, we get like massive cheers. I I did look around to see if anyone was leaving, but no one was. And then we go, uh, you know, it's like the whole play's built up. This is a one act play. Great. They've saved the day. It's not a one act play. Yeah. There's two acts. And we have to start from the bottom or even further bottom than where we started. Mm -hmm. Snyder shows up.
0: Snyder the spider.
1: Snyder is such a great little villain in this. You know, the bit where he's like chasing after Jack. I think we've had that already, the bit where he chases after Jack and uh, Jack outruns him, you know, through all the scaffolding. Mm
0: -hmm. There he is, Snyder. Ross Dawes was in The Time Traveller's Wife.
1: Yes, up in Manchester, which is a show I'm very excited to see just because I want to see how they're going to do it. I am not. (laughs) Yes, I, I love that book. You do not. but I'm
0: excited to see it to see if they try to fix any of the problems that I have with.
1: As in the grooming?
0: As in the the whole thing is about grooming, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I love it. It's one of my favourite books. Ever. <laughs> yeah. so, um, He's very good. He is very good. And again, it's one of those characters, you know, a lot of the adult characters don't have much to do in this. He'll show up sparingly. But he is scary from the moment we meet him. The way he shouts, Kelly.
0: Yeah, he has one of those scary, like, deep teacher voices, which I love. And he, we find out, Snyder, the character, has essentially been running the refuge, which is supposed to be a set of safe houses for homeless homeless teenagers. Um, It's basically a slum prison. Yeah. Where there's like 10 boys to a bed kind of thing. So
1: Jack escaped it in um Roosevelt's carriage when Roosevelt came to visit it. On
0: the back, yeah. yeah. Which I think is really interesting because we know that after that Jack then has a warrant out against him for theft mm-hmm. because he was trying to get clothes and food to the boys in there. Yeah. So what did Roosevelt see? Maybe they have some nicer rooms at the front or something.
1: It's very much you knew Roosevelt was coming, therefore you showed him what you wanted to show him.
0: Ofsted style. Basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is why Ofsted is not fit for purpose. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is.
0: (laughs) We won't get into it. This is
1: such a timely show. Like, I know we've still got Act 2 to cover, but... The state of the world right now post-COVID and the amount of strikes going on in the UK, the post office, the nurses, the doctors, the teachers, the trains. This is such a timely show to kind of show why we need that camaraderie mm-hmm. because conditions are not good for a lot of people who are struggling to make ends meet.
0: Well, and the, the point that we learn at the end of the show is that if it's one group of people on their own, Nothing tends to happen, but once they get all of the working kids in the city involved, it becomes a really big deal. Yeah. And we need to do the same thing.
1: That's exactly it. And this is, I I don't know if they intended this, like obviously it started production a lot longer ago, but Mm -hmm. it came out at the time of like, there's a lot going on before Christmas. It's like very timely and it's still going on. And, you know, if you are somebody listening in the UK who doesn't know why we strike Watch this show. Watch it on. Watch it on Disney Plus, and maybe you'll you'll see why it's so important that people mm-hmm. are and making their voices heard. Because, and you see it like in America, these horror stories about oh they're unionizing. It's because businesses fear it. Yeah, you know the workers need. This is such an important show, and to have it against the backdrop of a Disney musical, Mm -hmm. I think is so amazing. You know, anyone who says like musicals are just like light entertainment that have no like voice for the world needs to watch this one and realise like, oh my days, this is a really important musical that will inspire people and show them why voices matter and that unions and strikes are not things to be feared. Yeah. Because it does go badly for them. You know, they, they have the picket line and then, you know, the brothers come in. We have this beautiful stage combat sequence
0: mm-hmm.
1: that results in all the news he's fleeing. And
0: except for Crutchy. Except
1: for Crutchy. And, you know, Crutchy gets taken and Jack is broken because he finally realises how big a thing he'd signed up for. He approached it with like the vigour of Jack, you know, who, who will peddle papes by making up false headlines. He thought he could just bring the same approach and luck his way into it and I think this is a huge character moment for him where we have the reprise of Santa Fe and he's just like broken Mm -hmm. and George Crawford's voice here is is powerful.
0: Also the fact the end of this song you have to hold it for like a year Mm -hmm.
1: it's such a good end to this first act because our character has gone from just like naive and kind of jolly jack the laddish you know Mm. to a this is this is a defining moment like this is a core memory that will impact everything moving forward yeah interval and we come back to (laughs) a great song with king of new york that i think has the best choreography in the show yes possibly the tap. I, I've said it before in this podcast. No doubt I'll say it again. If we have tap dance sequences, this is an amazing show because tap is the dark arts. How it works, I will never know. Mm-hmm. I, I just love it. I don't want to know how tap works. Just <laughs> let me love this mystic art so that you can bang your feet on the floor and this beautiful noise will come.
0: We, we have had a scene already take place in this bar. Yes. And... I knew in advance because I'd seen some clips that they used the light fixtures from this mm. scene as a part of the dance number. And so when it came down the first time, I was like, oh, yeah, cool, 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 cool. But it doesn't happen the first time. It's in this song. It's yeah. very um, slightly reminiscent of Hades Town yes. with the use of the lights, except these all lift up in the air and the boys are spinning and hanging off of them. It's great.
1: Yeah. Les gets a little bit of a tap dance sequence as well.
0: Mm -hmm. And that was great. I
1: really like this whole sequence. Um, It's it's great. Is this the one as well that ends with... Oh, it's not. It's Watch What Happens reprise, where it's like, and I've got a date. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I I do just love like, look at me, I'm the king of New York. And again, this is the kind of palette cleanser that we need at the start of act two. Mm -hmm. We've just seen all of them... Downtrodden and out, and they're all here licking their wounds and like, what are we going to do? And then they're motivated again. Like we can do this. Look at us. We're in the papes. Yeah. Tomorrow they'll be serving fishes in it. But I was famous for nearly a minute. Like I love it. (laughs)
0: Not the lyric. Not the
1: lyric, but basically the same. (laughs) And they're, they're kind of wondering where Jack is. Jack's not here. The you know they're all like, oh, where is he? And we go to the refuge for your skip song. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We get the letter from the refuge as as Crutchy's detailing this letter to Jack. I don't, I haven't listened back to our original Newsies episode since, since we first aired it. But watching this here, I was like, how is he going to get this letter to Jack?
0: He, I believe, passes out the window to someone.
1: Okay. Cool. That's fine. i just kind of walk curious. But they do a really good job at showing like the cramped conditions and having people like, be quiet! You know, like, yeah. this is not a nice place to be. Mm-hmm. And we never see Crutchy again until the end. Yep. Which is weird, because he is a bigger character in Act 1.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I forgot that. So it is very like, oh, okay, no more Crutchy. No Crutchy. And Jack is uh, found in the theatre. He is painting backdrops for money so that he can leave and go to Santa Fe. He's done with all of this. And then Les and Les's brother, whose name? Davy. Davy. His name is David, but... um, We call him Davy. Jack calls him Davy and then it just sticks. They're like, you know, she's let us, you know, use the theatre to do a rally. We need you. And and Jack's kind of out. But they bring him back with Watch What Happens reprise. Mm Mm-hmm. And we've got Jack. Yep. And then it ends with the, uh, and I've got a date. I've
0: got a date.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which is, you know, a fun little sequence. Jack goes and has his whole conversation with Pulitzer, where he's all like confident. And then Pulitzer moves and Snyder's there. And he's all like, oh my God, this is a trap. And is told.
0: And the Delanceys are there as well. Yeah. And
1: it's basically, now you can tell them to call this off. Mm -hmm. We'll wipe your slate clean. And you'll make sure that no more of your friends end up in here. Yeah. And they throw him down in the printing press area. And then he, he we, we go to the rally and we get Brooklyn's here. Mm-hmm. Which is brilliant because they've made a really good change with Brooklyn.
0: Yes. So the Brooklyn Newsies are what is commonly in the Newsies fandom referred to as the Girlsies. Yeah. It's the... It's an all female group of newsies led by Spot Conlon who is played by Clarice Juliander. Yeah. She's great. I love that she shows up and they're all absolutely terrified of her yeah. and the girlsies. It's so good.
1: I I love that this is a change because I do think it's one of those criticisms of newsies previously that's very valid. It's a boy show, you know, like
0: Well, and that there were probably an equal number of boys and girls working yeah, as newsies.
1: Exactly. And I think it's a really positive change to make sure there are more more female representation, more female voices seen in this show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's very cool. And Spot is brilliant. Like she is, she's not meek. She's not mild. She is strong. And you can see why like, she puts Jack to shame with how yeah. strong she is. Jack is trying to argue against it, but they're all like, And they're all, like, disengaged as a result. It's like, oh, we thought you, the great Jack Kelly, was going to tell us to fight for something. Mm -hmm. And said, here you are, giving up. So why have we even bothered? Yeah. And then we go to the top of... Because Jack's also realised at this point, Mm -hmm. hasn't he? Because Catherine's there. And he's like, you will stay away from my daughter. So that in itself is Yeah, he says,
0: I believe you've met my daughter. And Jack's like, oh, you snake.
1: Yeah, so he's now packing... And at the, she goes to see him at the top of his his like apartment block on the scaffolds.
0: His penthouse is what yeah. he calls it.
1: That, that was the word I was looking for, and I couldn't remember it. And we get the nice like sequence with something to believe in. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, you are better, you are. And it's nice because she's come around. We're now we've swapped their dynamic, where she was skeptical of him. He's now skeptical of her, and. It's a really sweet sequence and she's got this idea. She's like, these are drawings of the inside and this is where they hatch their plot. It's like, how are we going to do that though? No printing press will let us. Oh, but there's one.
0: Oh, but we know where the printing press is. Yeah, Yeah.
1: And obviously they hatched the plan. They're going to print out this document and spread it across that shows. And we're not just striking now for newsies. We're striking for all the kid workers. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get this to everyone so that the whole world, like the whole of New York will shut down. Once and for all is one of my favourite songs. I I think it's done justice here. I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. Like I was so excited to see this sequence because it's powerful and it's the kind of like the culmination of everything. Yeah, and it's the last big song as well. You know, it, it it's the song that really you're gonna remember leaving this because the finale is kind of like an amalgamation. Mm-hmm. So. This one is a really good, like, final narrative number as they spread their message across New York and then come back to Pulitzer's office and he's all like, what do we do? What do we do? You know, and Jack's coming in like, so...
0: (laughs) You ready to change your plan yet?
1: (laughs) Teddy Roosevelt shows up and he's all like, you know, I remember you ran smear campaigns against me. After all of that... It
0: will be an absolute pleasure to destroy you. Exactly,
1: which I really love. And, And you have Pulitzer's like can I have the floor, just me and Jack? And you get this quiet moment. He's like...
0: I can't go back on my word now. Yeah. But they they make an, come to an arrangement of... Okay. I think they drop it to 5%.
1: But they also say that they will also buy back any papes. Mm-hmm. And I do love it because Jack's very much like, look, you, you, we're not just doing it, but we'll sell more because there's an incentive there. Do you really think we're going to spend the day carrying around all these papers that are too heavy for us just to sell them back at the end we will sell more we'll make more money you'll make more money mm-hmm. and he's like you have a smart brain on those shoulders and
0: he offers him a job as an illustrator in the paper
1: and does he take it
0: we don't find out because basically what happens is he says he'll think about it. Then when everybody's back together, Catherine says to him, oh, so you're going to take that job my dad offered you? And he's like, mm, do I really want to work for your father? And she's like, you already work for my father. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> make a choice. But, so true, we don't yeah. find out the answer, but yeah.
1: And we go into our finale sequence, which mm-hmm. is just brilliant. You know, like a bit of all the songs. Yeah. you know, It's a verbal overture, isn't it? Where we get like a bit of everything. But look at me. I'm the king of New
0: York. Mm -hmm. Big Uh, finale dance number. Everybody does their dance bows and then we get final bows. Yeah. It was just really cool.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. I I really like it. And I think the set is great because there is a simplicity to the set as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it's gorgeous. A lot of the set is kind of around us. Yeah. The costumes are beautiful, you know, very timely. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely feel the grime of everything as well. Like they don't just look like clean newsies outfits. There's, they're they're lived in. They're they're worn down.
0: Yeah. Well, so they said with the set that they wanted it to be really industrial looking and not have anything natural feeling. Which about it does. Of it. it
1: definitely does come across like that. You know, because it is an industrial New York, isn't
0: it? Yeah. He... And. It. Morgan Large is the set designer. He said he wanted to create a structure that references the infamous New York City fire escapes, but also the impressive industrial structures of Victorian era printing mm. presses.
1: I think as well, considering, you know, it's completely the opposite of what Santa Fe represents when they sing about it. Mm. I made the joke that, you know, he wants, you know, that, you know, this is Alan Menken, <laughs> somewhere that's clean, somewhere that's clean, isn't yeah. it? You know, we've got somewhere that's wet, somewhere that's green and now somewhere that's clean. And having this as the different, you know, hearing what he wants versus what he has, the visual of this set is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I had a great time watching this one. I, I really did.
0: Me too. This is definitely a five star show. Oh,
1: five star for me as well. Who is your MVP.
0: I think it has to be George Crawford. It's
1: absolutely the same for me. Like, as great as Les is, and Les is my very close second. Les is great.
0: Clarice Juliander, a spot. So cool.
1: Yep. And Catherine Plummer, you know, is such a great character. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, Bronte Barbé does a really good job. As do all the ensemble, you know, there's so many fantastic dancers out there as well on the stage that you could absolutely say it goes to them.
0: Yeah, shout out specifically to Ross Dorrington, who could do turns for days.
1: Yeah. I mean, in terms of dance MVP, it's Ross Mm Dorrington. But I do think George Crawford absolutely rocked the stage as Jack Oh yeah,
0: smashed it.
1: And I'm sure if we'd seen Michael... Amoka lindsay we'd be saying he's our mvp
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think pulitzer you know cameron blakely he really has a lot of power to him and he is scary until at the end where you just see he's just a regular person and i like that softness when he negotiates with jack yeah i would i would want to play pulitzer like he's the character i would want to play probably because i quite like to explore that power and then the the genuine human Mm -hmm. at the end you have more choices this time who do you want to play spot
0: can't yeah
1: i knew you were gonna say spot and and i i I think that's a really positive change because otherwise you have a show with two women in
0: i will say it has been done before yeah having the um, girlsies girlsies i don't believe it's been done in a professional production before but correct me if i'm wrong I what? don't know much about the tours of Newsies or anything really much oh, about yeah. it. There's, there's a
1: chance that it's changed, but from our experience, it hasn't. And if we go from the pro shot to this, it's a really positive change. Mm-hmm. Is Letter from the Refuge still your skip song? Yes. Okay. I cannot remember what your best song was from the first time we covered this. And I can't remember what my best song was from the first time we covered this. I I think. Letter from the Refuge is my skip song as well.
0: Yeah, and it's nothing against the performer. It's just one of those songs that, like, it's there to make a point. It's there to let us know what the conditions here are actually like so that we know how yes. what they are fighting for. Yeah, I just feel like at that point, we're a bit slow.
1: At least this doesn't open Act 1. Two. Oh, Act 2, sorry. Yeah. Because that would be really difficult it wouldn't engage you in the same way king of new york does
0: Mm. what is your best song
1: it's kind of there's there's a three-way tie Four maybe a four-way tie carrying the banner seize the day king of new york and once and for all (laughs) are definitely just all of them like all up there without Mm. a doubt but i think i'm gonna have to say the world will know is is my favorite I love Once and For All and this one's done really well, but I do just think, and, you know, I think Caesar Day is more about the performance on stage, but, you know, the world will know it's been in my head since watching this mm-hmm. because the lyrics are great and I just love this song. Yeah. What's your best song?
0: Mine is a tie between Once and For All and That's Rich. Because I love That's Rich. Yeah. I think it's a bop. <laughs>
1: I like th- li- This Rich... I like That's Rich more from...
0: For this, this yeah.
1: This, yeah, um, It's definitely a really good Maybe version. Maybe you will skip
0: it so much when we're in the car.
1: <laughs> what has this left you feeling about the state of all these announcements of immersive theatre?
0: I think if performance-wise the immersion is done like this, yeah, then we're in for an absolute treat with mm. shows. I think the entering through the different boroughs of new york is a really good idea i just wish there was more to it or that we were given more time with it
1: so lord of the rings the musical is apparently having an immersive version
0: see now here's what i would do with that
1: that's what i wanted to ask Because i've
0: thought about this a lot because
1: <laughs> i'm thinking you've got like Rivendell, hobbiton mordor
0: Yeah, hypothetically. so not hobbiton the shire specifically yeah, that, because i don't I mean. want to see overbrook yeah like i don't care about that we have the Shire entrance, Rivendell entrance, Mordor, I guess.
1: Maybe Gondor or maybe Rohan. Maybe we have more than entrances. Gondor
0: and Rohan would be cool. Yeah. Obviously, it's not the Hobbit, but Merkwood would be a cool one. I know it's not actually called that. What's
1: Galadriel's domain? Lothlorien.
0: There you go. That would be the fourth one, Lothlorien. So you have those as your entrances. And at the start of the show, I would like it to be that they're all really nice and that you're walking through, Mm. do its projections. I don't care. Have a hallway that's got digital screens and I will walk through, like you could do a thing where you have, this is going to sound so nerdy. (laughs) I thought about this really hard. Yeah. So when Disney made the Pandora Avatar theme park. Yeah. They have one of the rides that is a boat ride dark ride where you sit in a little canoe and you go down the river basically like you're in the magical world of Pandora and what they've done is they have loads of actual props and you know trees and greenery and all of that and then screens embedded in that so you can't see that it's a screen that look like like you've got whatever the avatars are called, like running through and animals and stuff. Do that. It's so cheap. (laughs) Like, it's not difficult. You just cover... Well, so, okay, let's say the Shire. Yeah. You have to get in, obviously, a circular Mm porthole to walk through... With the door propped open. As if you're going into Bag End. As if you're going into Bag End. But when you walk through it, instead of being in Bag End, you are walking through the shire. And you have fake greenery and plants. Maybe the
1: floor becomes the grass as well. Like you have like the fake fake grass that we've got on our balcony.
0: Yeah, something like that. And you have, as you get further through, maybe the end of it is you going through the um, cornfields Mm. that we meet Merry and Pippin in. And you know, when you come out, you're in the theatre and then that's, you know, they do whatever with the theatre. I'm not getting involved in that part. Have the screens hidden so that they are inside of plants, but have them all be yeah. hobbit holes so that they are all, like, you have, as you go past um, the Gamgee's house, Hamfast opens the door mm-hmm. and like, looks out, or he walks out and he sits down and he's smoking his pipe. Yeah. And they don't need to say anything. No. And you just have ambient noise. And then the same in Lothlorien. Also well, so with and, Lothlorien,
1: and... you could actually have, like, a slight waterfall-type mechanism as well so as you're going and through again, it.
0: And again, it doesn't have to be but it's real. Like, but, it's
1: like, but it's, like, dark, and it's, like, but you have the glowing, you have the elves. See, and with Mordor, you can actually feel the temperature. Like, as you go through, it's hotter in there. Yeah, and then um, Rivendell, and you, like this...
0: you would just have be beautiful yeah. and open and...
1: So one of the things... Hire
0: me. <laughs> when, when I
1: saw Lord of the Rings at Drury Lane, before the show, they actually had hobbits, the, the actors playing hobbits, walking on the stairs trying to grab butterflies. And then they had the urukai on their stilts going up and down you can have that immersion already in these areas. Like if you just have these, these hobbits walking through the Shire, for instance, and they're trying to catch the butterflies like they were anyway. At the start of Act 2, Gollum climbs down the, the theatre... Uh, safety curtain mm-hmm. you can have these moments you know you can maybe make Moria one of them so you exit and you just see golem's eyes following you mm-hmm. you know you you can absolutely have these actors
0: now i want to rewatch the lord of the rings
1: <laughs> which we, we can do <laughs> I, I i really want to try and check out the immersive guys and dolls our friend andy saw it and said it was absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. i'm all here for immersive theater what i don't want it to be is like what happened post avatar funnily enough that you flag it where because Avatar did well with 3D, mm-hmm. every show has a 3D um, conversion, but the 3D is not as good unless it's filmed with a 3D. I don't want it to be that because this version of Newsies does so well, every theatre producer is like, make an immersive version of something.
0: Well, and this is the thing, and is this is the exact same thing? I know they're very different endeavors but that I say whenever we go to theme parks mm-hmm. in the UK is that...
1: They're chasing the mouse.
0: That, first of all, is a technical term. <laughs> if, you, if you know, you know. Um, but don't just hire, like, production designers for this. Don't have your set designer, who will be fantastic for The Lord of the Rings, is fantastic for this... Also be the person who designs the sets for the entrance and exit Mm -hmm. for that immersion. You need to hire essentially Imagineers because it needs to be about setting the tone of the world in a way that people cannot touch
1: like a queue line. And this is the thing is it's not like a queue line at Disney where you're possibly going through it for 45 minutes or to an hour. We walked through this area in 30 seconds.
0: Yeah. So it needs to be entertaining For that 30 seconds, you need people, and this is why I say about having the hobbit holes and just pre-recording your actors coming out of a hobbit hole, Mm -hmm. sitting down smoking a pipe for a minute, then getting up, going back in, because people are only going to see it for maximum 30 seconds. Yeah. So by the time they're through, they will never probably have seen that character get up and go back inside. or. You have two versions of it where one where they come out and they do some pruning in their garden, you know, and like nobody's ever going to see the ending of that reel. No. What I would then like is that, where does the interval fall in that show?
1: I cannot remember. I feel like it starts at the end of the Fellowship of the Ring because we get Gollum and that's where we first meet Gollum and then the second act rushes through. Two Towers Literally and everything Return
0: of the King. <laughs> okay, so what I want then is at the interval is for the lighting and all of those to change
1: to show that the rise of Mordor and
0: yes, and, and to have instead of them coming out to sit and have a smoke, all the doors are closed. Yeah, no, there's no hobbits coming out. There's no elves going anywhere. No, or if they are, they're gearing. And up.
1: certainly, Mordor as an area is like far more like powerful and you can do that because especially if you're doing with projections you just set the next reel to go off so as you come out again it's changed to reflect the world we've lived in has changed yeah and then you come back in and it's so when you come back in at the end of the intermission if you've gone to the toilet if you've gone to get a drink it reflects the change you've had it's still the same one as you leave but then once you finish at the end of the show it goes back to how it was Mm -hmm. because everything's better
0: and then all you have to do is put some nice sound design over the top like I mean, I can tell you exactly what the Shire sounds like because I've been there. Yeah. It sounds like farm animals and a water wheel. Yeah. And that's all you have to do. Birds chirping. Yeah. Wonderful.
1: You can maybe have a little bit of like music from like. Inst- Somebody
0: playing a fiddle. But
1: what I was going to say is more the orchestration that we're going to hear.
0: Exactly. On there,
1: but you have like the Shire version, maybe like a more. like the end of the show for Mordor where it's like they're in you know, Mordor, and you have, like, mm-hmm. the Rohan or the Lothlórien, or you have the minds of Moria. Oh, that would that be a cool. really interesting
0: one to walk through.
1: But again, you've got but to... But then
0: again, that one would stay the same the whole time. But Moria doesn't get better.
1: Well, Moria, maybe it does start off with, like... Ori. With, <laughs> Cry Ori. with Yeah, but with things before, and then it's the Moria that we maybe see at the end with Gandalf, you know, like... I can't through, yeah. yeah. I I just I, I'm fully anyway, aware we
0: could do a whole episode just talking about that
1: I'm I'm fully aware as well that theatres have limited space and it's you know, maybe the suggestions we're coming up with would say like less seats and everything. But I think if you're gonna do the immersion
0: It's not even that, pretty much every theatre I've ever been in you do essentially walk through a little tunnel yeah. to get to the seats, even and traditional theatres. Even
1: even with like Moulin Rouge, there's an element of immersion from the get-go because the, the set's visible, set, yeah. but you also have actors on stage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We want to know your thoughts on immersive theatre. You know, we want to know your thoughts on Newsies. And next week's show, what are we watching next week for Phantom Week?
0: Next week, we are taking a little turn away from Phantom, but staying...
1: In the spirit. Kind of on
0: theme and in the spirit. We are watching Repo the Genetic Opera. Is it a genetic rock opera? Nope. Repo the Genetic Opera. It is rock-esque. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, is it
1: a rock opera? So I'm very excited for this one. Mm -hmm. Um, I know literally nothing about this at all, except it will feel like I'm having a proper trip, I am sure. (laughs) Uh, You can let us know your thoughts on Repo, on Newsies, at the Troubadour Theatre, if you've seen it. Mm Or on immersive theatre, or anything else you want to talk about in the musical theatre community, over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod, or you can message us on Gmail, It's a Musical Pod at Gmail.com. I don't know if we're going to be able to do polls on Twitter going forward, as I've said, that's now possibly a blue tick. Only feature. So definitely watch this space for Instagram polls. We might not be talking about Twitter polls so much anymore, but we will see. It feels like Twitter is always in a state of flux right now.
0: I'm ruining their own
1: website. You can Listen to us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, and on Amazon. You can find us on Stitcher, Good Pods, and our OG host, Podbean. And if you like the show, share us with a friend and leave us a review on any of those platforms or on Mm podchaser.com. But until next week, where it is Phantom Week on this same bat place, same bat channel.
0: Have a magical musical day.